Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Today, we're continuing the story of Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. Now, there was a famine in the land, besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and bless you. For you and your descendants I will give these lands, and will confirm the oath I swore before your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, She is my sister because he was afraid to say, She is my wife. He thought, The men of this place might kill me on account of Rebecca, because she is so beautiful. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebecca. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I, I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people, Anyone who molests this man or his wife will surely be put to death. Deja vu, Pastor Dave. <laughs> Why is that? It, haven't we been through this sister thing before? Not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. And we're at mm-hmm. it again. Mm-hmm. Don't you think the son would have learned from the dad? Well, you're, you're making a conclusion there that that is wrong, which is. But maybe the son learned it from his dad. Hey, when you're in trouble, go ahead and lie. Get yourself out of it. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because when people are good, they share that with their kids and they learn from that. But when they're bad, they also learn how to be bad from their parents. And it could be that Abraham told his son this, but didn't explain, don't do it yourself. Mm, that or Isaac chose and, and simply 
took it the wrong way. Or it could be that Isaac just simply was a, a more mild-mannered man and, and he didn't like arguments. Maybe he ran from arguments. Mm. Maybe he's one of those real passive people. I mean, people, people lie for lots of reasons, don't they? I mean, I mentioned a couple. Fear, stop arguments. Why else do people lie? Uh, so as not to hurt someone else's feelings? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thinking it'd be better to tell a lie than hurt their feelings. They could also do it to make themselves look good. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I've been caught doing that once or mm-hmm. twice. Sure. Mm, tied into that, of course, is personal gain. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how many of us, or well, how many people have lied on their taxes uh, or you know other things? And sometimes we think because it's the government, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons I think this is in here in Genesis is to point out two things. One, you will get caught. It will come back. It will bite you. Yes, it will. <laughs> and secondly, God's people don't do this. I really think that's one of the reasons it's here, because uh, Isaac certainly is one of God's people. And we're going to find out in a little bit here that um, because God is on his side, he doesn't have to depend on his own wits. Heck, why don't you just trust God? And when you think about it, lying is really one thing. It all comes down to self-interest. It's not God-interest. It's not, I trust God to take care of me. It's, I'm trusting myself to take care of myself. Isaac planted crops in the land, and that same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. When I look back as being a kid, there were a couple things that just rank high on my memory. Sunday evenings was one, well, Friday night too, with Hogan's Heroes and My Three Sons and all those. But Sunday night was so much fun because uh, after football and, and 60 minutes, then we watched Bonanza. And we usually popped a huge bowl of popcorn mm. and we'd sit around and watch bonanza <laughs> loved those country uh not country those the, the westerns westerns yes the, the cowboy stories and it seems a common theme in bonanza was always a fight over the water rights whoever had the water that would then make them more wealthy because they could then divert the water to their crops and and it could grow why the surveying, Todd? Any law against surveying my own property line? 
Ever any doubt in our mind about its location? Well, maybe there will be in the mind of the new owner. Well, you mean your father's selling out? Not my father, me. To Len Keith. Len Keith? I thought he only bought mining property. That's what he thinks this could be. Todd, we have a water rights agreement with your father in the use of this stream. If Keith uses it for mining, it'll poison out some of our best bottom land. Seems that's your worry, Ben, not mine. Now, just a minute. Adam. Let go. You Cartwrights have shoved us around for the last 20 years. You're a liar. Wait a minute. There are ways to settle this. As I see it, it's already been settled. irrigation. I kind of feel like that's the same thing we have here in the verses you just read. That uh, the Philistines were a little bit ticked at Isaac because he was growing and, and developing and, and, and raising crops a hundredfold, almost unheard of, by the way. Mm. Uh, especially in that day and age. And they figured, okay, we'll just cut off his water supply. And uh, what I find interesting is Isaac didn't retaliate, but he said, okay, I'll get up and find a different place to go. Continuing with verse 18. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names that his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, The water is ours. So, he named the well Esek, because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now! The Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. Then he moved up to Beersheba. I remember my dad um, uh, when I was younger um, I always thought of my dad as a very mild-mannered person and he was he was uh, we called him Mr. Milk Toast and he always said <laughs> I have a milk toast personality in fact I heard him say that once to me even uh-huh <laughs> yeah and he was he was one who would avoid conflict he liked peace he didn't want to fight about it and you know I you have to think now that he was pretty brave. He walked away from a lot of arguments. I like how you said that. He was pretty brave. Sometimes it takes a lot of bravery 
a lot of courage and a lot of strength to walk away from an argument. I know it's something I don't always have, and I wish I did. That's exactly what Isaac demonstrated here with all these wells and the water rights and the fights. He showed great strength by walking away from a fight. I think he walked away from the fights because he knew that God had blessed him and so he didn't need to fight those fights. Continuing at verse 24. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. Meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar with Ahazath, his personal advisor, and Fickel, the commander of his forces. Isaac asked them, Why have you come to me, since you are hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, We saw clearly that the Lord was with you, so we said, There ought to be a sworn agreement between us between us and you. Let us make a treaty with you, that you will do us no harm, just as we did not molest you, but always treated you well, and sent you away in peace. And now you are blessed by the Lord. Isaac then made a feast for them, and they ate and drank. Early the next morning, the men swore an oath to each other, Then Isaac sent them on their way in peace, and they left him. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug. They said, We found water. He called it Sheba, and to this day, the name of the town has been Beersheba. So in this reading, we have God coming to Isaac and reassuring him of both the promise of the land and the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Then we have a well being started, uh, the king then coming that uh, Isaac had run from and making peace, and uh, then the well sprouting up water. Yeah, the king and his commanders are talking out of both sides of their mouth here. They say to Isaac, let's make a treaty. 
that you will do us no harm because we were so nice to you. We didn't molest you and we sent you away in peace. Mm-hmm. If I had been there, I would have said something like, oh, and um, tell me, how did the wells that I dug or that my father's servants dug, how did they happen to get stopped up with earth? Well, let's not forget that Isaac lied to them and was bringing them along a long way. Oh, she's just my sister. She's just my sister and almost got them in trouble. And it's kind of like the king was willing to look the other way about some things. And so Isaac looked the other way on some things. Hmm. If you want to go tit for tat, they could have had a good fight. You bring up a good point there. Okay, but... It still doesn't feel right. I guess it brings up the question, when should one fight Hmm. and when should one not fight? Hmm. I'm reminded of a couple of other stories. Mm -hmm. You pointed out the one about uh, Abraham fighting for Lot uh, back in in, um, when, when Lot was in danger. I thought of a story from the New Testament where Jesus Christ... Uh, comes into the temple and he mm-hmm. sees all the money changers and the people selling things and he gets furious and he says, how dare you treat my temple, my and father's house. Made and he a whip gets out of there. and chased yeah. them all out. Mm-hmm. But on the same side, Abraham to his cousin Lot said, you take whichever way and I'll go the other way. Yes. And Jesus in that, probably, well, I can't say it's that very temple, but with the same people, he turned his other cheek and let them uh, mock and give a trial and, and sentence him to death on false charges. And he didn't fight it. Hmm. Boy, you really stumped me on that one for a while, Cecilia. <laughs> I had to get up and walk around for a while, and I, I kind of came back to, to, to a couple things. One was a phrase you actually said when we were talking about Isaac uh, lying about his, his wife slash, he's, she's my sister. Do you remember? And we talked about lying, what the ultimate reason for lying is? Self-interest. Yeah. That's a reason not to fight. One's self-interest, to make me better, make me greater, me grander. That, that's all about self-interest. Do you remember what Jesus did when on uh, the Passover meal, and they were all sitting at the table, what he did to demonstrate what he was all about? Yes, he washed the disciples' feet. He was actually, a, yeah, that's right. And he actually became their slave. That was left yeah, for a slave. slave. Yeah. That shows not an interest of himself, but the interest of the disciples. Yeah. And so I think that's the contrast we can put at either extreme when, when do we fight. If it's for the interest and concern of someone else. And that's, I think, why Jesus cleared out the temple. His concern was for the Father and what that house was for. Oh. But he did not fight when it was about protecting his own skin because really he wanted to serve us. And if he would have protected his skin, he wouldn't have been able to serve us. That's kind of my answer. Now, 
when that comes down to your daily life and um, do you put your foot down when someone in the house is not cleaning the dishes like they said they would for the fourth time in a row? That's a minute thing that I, I don't think we can really discuss. But it does. this is a good discussion to give us guidelines. And I think in that way, Isaac got it right. He wasn't about his own concerns. He was there about to make peace. And so when he saw the king coming, he wanted to make peace. He could have fought. He could have maybe even measured, do I, can I win or not? But instead he did it in a different way. A different way. What's going to serve them? What's going to serve me rather than tit for tat? Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Biri the Hittite, and also Basimath, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. This is a really interesting chapter with several stories I don't know if I've ever remembered. And certainly in the children's uh, Bible books, these stories <laughs> aren't definitely there. definitely we don't get in the children's Bible that we get in here. And this last verse also with Esau and choosing two wives and it made his parents very upset. What do you make of that? Well, I don't understand why Esau, as the eldest didn't have his marriage chosen like like how Abraham chose Isaac's wife or, or sent someone to, cho- to find her. Why didn't Isaac see to it that Esau had his hmm. wife chosen? It is something parents do. And it, and, and well, they did back then. It's yeah. not something that's done now. And maybe that is why this was such a disturbance to the parents. Because they wanted to do that for their son. They wanted him to make a good choice, but he chose otherwise. And I'm going to be extravagant here and say he chose the beauty of a Canaanite woman rather than the practicality of a godly woman. Even though Rebecca was beautiful, he didn't want to wait to see what his parents might have chosen. Because isn't that the way it goes with the line? We have the story of Esau. We're going to have the story fairly soon of Jacob and how... Mm -hmm. Um, God blessed him, even though he was a scoundrel. It isn't but because God blessed him. Um, but uh, we're going to hear about Jacob in a bit. Yeah, but it goes back further than that. Oh? Well, it starts uh, first. Well, Adam chose wrong, of course. Yeah, yeah I think you got a good point there. Yeah, Adam chose to be like God. Mm-hmm. But God was faithful to a promise he made, mm-hmm. even though Adam wasn't good. He said, I'll send a savior. Hmm. And then we get Cain and Abel. Cain chose wrong. And Abel chose right. And it didn't work out good for Abel, yet he chose it anyway. Yes, he did. Then we move on to Noah. And Noah chose right. The rest of the world chose wrong. 
And sometimes that right was just to follow God even when people laugh at you, which they probably did with Noah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. After the flood. Noah's three sons. Yes. Shem and Japheth chose right. They they chose to Onto not their embarrass father. their father. Yeah. Yes. And Ham laughed. And, and we learned from the genealogies that, uh, that Ham's descendants... Many of them chose wrong. As, yeah, you know, you're making a good point here about how the blessing follows and what the kids are doing based upon what their father did. Hmm. Now we go down the line to Abraham and Lot. Uh, Lot chose the easy land uh, right near Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham chose to follow God. And took the empty barren land mm-hmm. and trusted God to provide. Yeah. And then we had Isaac and his sons. Now we come to Jacob and Esau. Hmm. Good point. I bet we do that sometimes too. Or Who, us? should we question, do we do this sometimes and make choices wrong? And, you know... Even when we do make wrong choices, it needs to be pointed out, God loves us, forgives us, promised the Savior. But certainly, when we follow His way, we are blessed. We would like to hear from you. And that's no lie, because we have great interest in you. So, if you would, write us. Please write us. Otherwise, we have to hear Pastor Dave babblings more. Please write us at info. What do you mean, me babble? He's babbling. I don't babble. Info. I-N-F-O at... You're saying I just talk and talk and talk? I... I resent that. The Tower of Babel was many chapters ago. I don't babble, babble, babble. I-N-F-O at N-O-T dash A-L-O-N-E period N-E-T not dash alone dot net. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Bonanza, Season 1, Episode 29, Bitter Water. Bonanza, theme from the television series. Interlude musicians, Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn.